Good morning, class. Good morning, Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. We've been made uh, in, in Christ victorious ones, more than conquerors, overcomers. Now, you don't have to act like that. You don't have to live like that. We still got a free will and we can act like victims. We can live like defeated ones, but that's not who we are. Hmm? If you've experienced, you know, failure and issues and problems, I want you to say it out loud. That's not who I am. It's not who I am. Who are you? I'm more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer in Christ. Come on, say it out loud. I am an overcomer in Christ. What do overcomers do, class? Tell me, what do they do? What do they do? They, they come over, right? They go over. They don't go under. They, they go over. They overcome. They are not overwhelmed and overcome. They overcome. It doesn't overcome you, you overcome it. Come on, somebody needs to say it. It doesn't overcome me. It overcome me. I, overcome I overcome it. Hallelujah. Now you don't overcome it just in your own strength. It's by the greater one inside you. Hallelujah. It's by the greater one inside you. But do not uh, yield to feelings of self-pity. That's a certain way to be defeated and to be overcome. And, and all of us have been tempted and, you know, sometimes more so than at other times. And depending on how you grew up, uh, a lot of people are taught self-pity uh, from a child. Uh, their parents demonstrated it in front of them all the time. And, and they grew up in um, depression and around it, and that seems like their norm, but it's not the norm for the child of God. Said out loud, I am not overcome. I am not overcome. It doesn't overcome me. It doesn't overcome me. You know, uh, uh, Paul, by the Spirit of God, said uh, when a lot of things had been coming against him, uh, against the ministry that he was doing and called to, at one point he said, none of these things move me. What a, what a statement. None of these things move me. He's not saying nothing ever came against him. He wouldn't need to say they don't move me. There were things that were coming against him and trying to shake him and trying to move him off of his faith and away from his strong convictions in God and away from his faithfulness. But he wouldn't let it happen. He said, none of these things. Come on, say that out loud. None of these things. None of these things move me. They don't move me. They have to move out of the way. They don't move me. 
The power of God moves them. It doesn't overcome me. I overcome it. And just saying that is the beginnings of the manifestation of victory. Just saying it. Just choosing to say that instead of crying and feeling sorry for yourself. That, that is never going to help you. Never. It's not okay to shut up and pull the blinds and, and, and withdraw and just, you know, cry and feel sorry for yourself for hours or, or days at a time. That's yielding to wrong spirits. Stop that. You can in Jesus' name. You can resist it. And I know if you've been doing it a long time and if you grew up around that, it's easy to just slide back into that rut and that darkness. But it's dangerous because the longer you do that, the worse it gets, the darker it gets, the more tormenting it gets. That's how people get to the point where they see no point in living. They get suicidal. But it's a lie. It's not true. You're not a defeated one. You are a victorious one in Christ. Hallelujah. You are somebody in Christ. You are a mighty one in Christ. Not in your own strength, but in the strength of the one who lives in you. You remember when uh, uh, in, in the scripture, sometimes the Lord would tell his people, you, you are an angel would, you mighty man of faith, you mighty man of God. And they're like, who? Me? <laughs> Me? Gideon, you remember the angel told him, you mighty man. And he's like, he's out there hiding from the enemy. You know? He's like, me? Moi? Yeah, yeah, you. Whether you're acting like it or not, whether you're feeling like it or not, the Spirit of God is in you. And the Lord has bought you. He paid a big price for you. And he didn't buy a dud. Huh? There are no <laughs> new creation Failures. No, said out loud, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm, more than a conqueror. I'm, an, overcomer. I'm an overcomer. None of these things move me. It doesn't overcome me. I overcome it. In Jesus' name. If the greater one is in me, that means all this stuff against me has to be the lesser. Lesser than him which is why I overcome. Hallelujah. Uh, look with me in Luke 8, if you would. Let's continue in our study of this healing account, the seventh individual account of healing in our study, the healing of Jairus' daughter, and see how they overcame even death itself. Uh, we, we read in Matthew 9, but for time's sake, we'll start today in Luke 8. Luke 8, 41 says, Behold, there came a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet. Did you know that is the beginning of miracles? He fell down at Jesus' feet. One thing we'll see the word Jairus, best I can tell, it comes from a Hebrew name. Uh, we might call it Jair. And of course that sounds similar, doesn't it, to Jairus, Jair. And, and that's, it's not pronounced with the J's like we say it. So uh, anyway, best I could ascertain, it means enlightened. 
or illumined. And, and also it could be enlightener, uh, illuminator. Well, we know Jairus was enlightened. For his day and for his position to be coming to Jesus and to be falling down in front of him and to be telling all this confidence he has in him that if he had come to his house, that his daughter will live. How many can say that's enlightened? Especially for his day and where he was. Notice who else he is or who he is. He is the leader of the synagogue. Now, not all the leaders of the Jews believed in Jesus, right? I mean, ultimately, they were the ones that, that yelled for his execution, the high priest and all of those. The leader of the synagogue was uh, the top person at the synagogue. In fact, I have a, uh, an excerpt from a Bible dictionary. It said the leader, or they also called the president of the synagogue, had supervision of all matters pertaining to the synagogue. The, uh, the leader of the synagogue would oversee the worship services and all of the maintenance and upkeep and operation of all the building. They were in charge of all that. They chose who read the scriptures. They chose who offered the prayers publicly in, in the service. They chose who would do the explaining of the scriptures in each meeting. If things got out of line, they had the authority to discipline people, even excommunicate members of the synagogue, and even uh, whipping people. They could have them physically whipped. Well, Jairus is this individual. So he is an important uh, individual in the community, in the leader or president of the synagogue. And how many would think not all the leaders of the synagogue would run out to Jesus and fall down in front of him? Hmm? Mm -mm. That's why this man is in here. He comes out, and if you put Matthew, Mark, and Luke's accounts together, he fell down, he knelt down, and uh, the word could be used prostrate. He, he laid himself out in front of Jesus. Well, this is humility, right? And yet he's the head guy at the synagogue. And if you're looking, now we, it's kind of hard for us to look at it from the natural because Jesus is our Lord. But most people in Jesus' day did not see him as the head of the Jewish people or religion. They saw him as a carpenter's son, a traveling teacher-preacher who mysteriously has miracles. And there was a lot of talk about him, but he wasn't a high priest. Uh, he, he wasn't, you know, uh, from some famous lineage of, of prophets. Or he wasn't the head of the synagogue. And so uh, you can see the high priest and some of these others they take a defiant attitude of Jesus. That, and remember, they question him, by what authority do you do these things? Why? Because they are the authority. 
And they're expecting Jesus to submit to them and conform to them. Well, this mentality would have been in the leaders of the synagogues, right? Because they're right there part of the elders of this system. But not Jairus, <laughs> not enlightened <laughs> Jairus. Can you see this class? He comes and he acknowledges the greatness of the master. He acknowledges. Did he understand all about Jesus being God in the flesh and the Word made flesh and the virgin birth? No, no, of course he didn't. You don't have to understand all of it, but you must show some respect. If you want to get an answer, and, and this, as I looked at this again, it was so driven home in my, in my mind and thinking. This is the beginning of the miracle. Can you see this? He, has, he doesn't know how his little girl could be healed. He, he doesn't know any of that. But he knows who. <laughs> Come on, can you see it? He knows who. He's not going to the high priest, right? He's not going to the uh, scholars of the Pharisees to get them to look up something for him. Who does he go to? <laughs> Jesus. Hallelujah. He goes to him and he, he doesn't quibble about it. He hits the ground. He hits the ground. Yeah, he's the... He's the leader of the synagogue. He's kind of a big man in his circle. But ain't time to be big, big man today. Is that right? He hits the ground. And he worships. Everybody say worship, worship. He worships him. And he said, Lord, please come to my house. He besought him. This is not a demand. This is a request. Humble request. Come, come to my house. If you'd lay, my, my little girl's, when, when translation said, in the last gasp. I mean, she, she may be breathing her last right this moment. And turn, as it turns out, she was. She's dying right now. But if you'll come, if you come to my house and put your hand on her, she'll live. I know she will. She'll live if you'll come. You don't approach God defiantly. That shows a gross lack of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. And you see people doing this all the time. They're like, God, if you're there, don't you care? That's insulting. It's very insulting. Don't you care? Look at Jesus. Look at the cross. What do you mean, don't you care? If you, if you want to have a miracle in your life, it doesn't begin with you getting all the answers in your head. It begins with an acknowledgement of who God is. Right? Who He is, what He is, and a belief in His goodness and His love. When you say, why God, why? 
you're not just asking a question for information. You are expressing an accusation. It's in, the, it's in your tone. That he, that he hasn't done right for you. He hasn't been fair with you. He hasn't been faithful to you. He didn't come through for you. Or are you implying he didn't do what he said he would do? Any number of things. And, and friend, any of this is going to put you off track from your answer or from your healing or from your miracle. That is not how you get to the answer. The beginning of the answer, the beginning of the healing, the beginning of the miracle was worship. Can you see this, child of God? Worship. In Acts, if you'd look over here, hold your place there in Luke and Acts, the fourth chapter, I believe it is. When the disciples got commanded not to teach or preach anymore in the name of Jesus. But one of the big purposes of this was public humiliation and to put fear into you so that you, you go somewhere and hide and they don't hear from you again. And so when they had threatened them and commanded them not to teach or preach, verse 23, being let go, they went to their own company and reported all the chief priests and elders said. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Oh God, what are we going to do? Oh God, you've got to help us. Oh God, why are you letting them treat us like this? Oh God, no. No. Are you reading the scripture? Acts 4. What did they say? Lord, you are God. You made the heaven. You made the earth. You made the sea. You made everything that's in it. Is that the right way to start out your prayer? Yes. I don't care what your problem is. Don't start with your problem. Huh? You're not going to inform God about it anyway. You're not going to come in and alert him. And newsflash, and he go, whoa, what? What? What's going on? No, no, no. He knows a lot more about it than you do already. And they started with, Lord, you are God. Everybody said out loud, Lord, Lord you, are God. you are God. And why would you say, you made the heavens, you made the earth, you made the oceans, you made everything. Why, why would you need to say that? You need to remind yourself of who you're talking to. Right? And you need to magnify the Lord your God. You, uh, you're not going to make him literally bigger. He can't be any bigger. And that's not going to change whether you believe it or not. But to you and how you're seeing and thinking, he can be a lot bigger. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you see the beginning of Jairus' miracle was what? Worship. Worship. Somebody say worship. 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 Friend, this is an answer. Do not let this pass by you too quick. Everybody watching, uh, do not let this pass by you too quick. You say, well, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Yeah, but you know who. You know who. 
and that'll get you from where you are to there. Don't, don't question God disrespectfully. Never shake your fist and holler whine without his continual support. You don't even keep breathing. <laughs> he is God. Lord, you are God. You made the heavens. You made the earth. You made everything that's in it. You made me. You give me life and breath and all things. And at this point, you're already headed towards your answer. Come on, can you see that? You're already heading toward what you need. So back to Luke 8, uh, Jairus. He came and he fell down at Jesus' feet. Didn't the scripture say, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God? In order that what? What, what may happen? That he may exalt you. That he may lift you up. If you present yourself haughty in front of him, attitude, well, before pride, uh, after pride is a fall. But if you'll humble yourself, you, you give him access to lift you up. Lift you up in your spirit, whether you don't feel hopeless anymore. Lift you up in your mind, well, you don't see things the same way anymore. Lift you up out of your junk until you get an overview and you can see the answer. You can see what to do, what to say, what to change. But the beginning of it was when you started worshiping God. Hallelujah. Instead of crying, instead of begging, Instead of feeling sorry for yourself, and certainly instead of being mad at God. That's just stupid. It's being played by the devil. Do not let the devil play you like that. God's not your problem. He's your answer, dear. How many believe he's your answer? He's your answer. He can do anything. Nothing's too hard for him. Nothing. So you come, you fall down in front of him and just worship him. It'd be great to just worship him for an hour. Just worship, worship, worship. You don't need to be in a rush to talk about your problem. You've already talked too much about the problem. Talk about your God. Talk about how big you know he is. Is that right? Talk about how, not, not only how big but how good. Come on, somebody said out loud, Lord, Lord you, are God. you are God. You are the good God. And I know you love me. You care about me. I believe your love. I know you watch out for me. You have my best interest in mind. Always. And the plans you have for me are good plans to give me an expected, victorious, good outcome. I trust you completely. 
I trust your love for me. I call you the faithful God. Faithful God. Good God. Gracious God. And I worship you. I worship you. I worship you, my Lord and my God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can't get the answers and miracles just by figuring everything out in your head. That's not how it works. Uh, Jairus didn't sit down with Jesus and they figured this thing out. Hmm? No. This wasn't about intellect. It wasn't about mind over matter. It was about the power of God <laughs> manifested because of God's grace and love in response to Jairus' faith. And his faith led with worship. Hallelujah. How many believe this is very significant? This is. He fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come to his house. He had one only daughter about 12 years of age and she lay a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. It really wasn't convenient for Jesus to do this. If you put these passages together, one translation said the, the people were crushing him. It was a mass jammed crowd. And to just say, okay, forget what we're doing, change of plans. We're going to work our way through this massive crowd somehow and go to Jairus' house. Why? Because he came and fell down in front of me and asked me to. Hallelujah. Is Jesus a good Jesus? Hallelujah. And so, verse 49, it tells again how they met him and said, She's dead. Don't trouble the master. And verse 50, this great word where the Lord said, Fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. We know the rest of the story is that she was raised from the dead and healed and restored. Notice the word whole. She shall be made whole. And so she was. And if there had been any damage because of, you know, think about her heart hadn't pumped for how long. Her brain hadn't been working for how long. Well, she was made whole. It didn't matter what it was. You don't have to know all the details of your problem to get healed. You can be healed and not even know what was wrong with you. And no matter what kind of effects it left, the power of God can and will make you whole. Let's say it another time, Lord. You are God. My God. And I will trust you no matter what. And I love you. And I believe you love me. And I do not question that love. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, that's it again for today. Our time is up. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got the
Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.